Hi, my name is Thomas Johnson, and I'm the founder and CEO of Get Up and Get Fit Wellness Concierge. I'm also a C-suite advisor and investor, and you're listening to the How May I Serve You podcast, where I'm constantly on the quest to surround myself with the best coaches while learning how to better serve our executive clientele by asking them, how may I serve you? Today's show is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit, and Get Up and Get Fit will be providing students with textbooks and school supplies in Cambodia in honor of our guests today, as well as our philanthropic mission to impact at least 50,000 people per year. And today's guest is Jenna Lepore. Jenna, how you doing? Hi, Thomas. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm I'm, I'm so excited. And, you know, one of the reasons that you and I connected is because we have a very similar mission yes, to indeed. serve people, to help them become the best possible versions of themselves and to give back to the community, which is, you know, my favorite mission. Exactly. Exactly. Likewise. So Dr. Gina Lepore is a leadership coach who applies the timeless wisdom of first principles thinking to help professionals design their lives and overcome limiting beliefs. She first learned from her grandmother. She works with clients to connect with their own inner wisdom and embody their authentic selves unapologetically. Ooh, okay. Her go-to saying is, when a whole individual shows up, everybody wins. I love that, Gina. Yeah, 100%. You know, Thomas, I, I spent gosh, close to four decades working in different organizations, very large, very prominent, Fortune 500, you know, and I, I always noticed that, you know, there comes a point in someone's career, many people come to this place of self-doubt, you know, self-criticism at the level that like, like, oh gosh, how can you live with these voices in your head? Like, how can you show up and shine when your inner messages are fearful, doubtful? And, you know, I myself, like one of the reasons why I transitioned out of, of, of the corporate world was mm -hmm. because I was beginning to fall into my own sphere of self-doubt and negativity. Mm. And I thought, oh, this is not the way I want to be. This is not how I want to show up. Because I, like at my core, I'm someone is, I'm optimistic, realistic as well, right? I'm, I'm not, I'm Pollyannish about the world that I believe that everything is wonderful all the time. Mm -hmm. But I do have this core, this belief system that says, I may not know the answer in this moment, and I might be in a, in a low place, but I'm going to figure it out. Like that sense of you know, belief in myself, belief that I am infinitely guided. Mm. You know, here's the thing that we are not allowed to talk about in a work setting. We're not allowed to talk about faith and belief and that core divine guidance that comes from a deeper knowing, from a connection to the universal force, mm. whether you call that God mm. or whatever name you want to give it. I'm not, I'm not, um, advocating for any particular religion, but I'm, you know, I, I just feel like in many corporate settings, we're not allowed to express that faith in a divine and higher guidance. 
And so, um, you know, as I was going through my own journey, I said, you know, no, I first have to get right in my own mind. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once I got right with myself and, you know, my connection to the universe, uh, you know, I realized that the most important work I can do is to help others reconnect with their inner wisdom, their inner guidance, and their sense of belief that everything is going to work out. Today's episode is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Being an executive can be very demanding. Your schedule is unpredictable. You have conflicting responsibilities that pull you in multiple directions at once. You travel too much, work late hours, and cross time zones, all things that wreak havoc on your body. This is why having a wellness support team is necessary. Get Up and Get Fit is the wellness concierge support that busy executives, entrepreneurs, and celebs rely on to keep them healthy and fit despite their hectic schedules. A body under prolonged stress is not a healthy body. Time to reduce your stress. Increase your energy, flexibility, strength, and endurance so you can enjoy life instead of just living it. Go to getupandgetfit.com. That's G-E-T-U-P-N-G-E-T-F-I-T dot com. And schedule your consultation right now. Get up and get fit. It's a lifestyle. Everything yes, will work out, you know. Definitely. That's, that's awesome right yeah. there. And, and when you speak to me, trust me, you never have to put a disclaimer, all right? Because you can <laughs> speak about your faith wholeheartedly over here because I'm a man of faith as well. So mm -hmm. I believe in being your, your whole authentic self yeah. every time, everywhere, in any place, okay? Um, so let's go back a tad bit. Uh, let's talk about your childhood, right? I, I, I love mm -hmm. to bridge the gap between one's childhood and how they are as an adult right now and, and kind of mm -hmm. looking at the comparison. So, um, mm -hmm. first of all, where, where are you, um, held, where are you, where are you right now? Are you in, you, I know you're in New York, but tell everybody where, where you're at. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, where, where I'm at is yeah. I'm finally back to a place where I've reconnected with who I was in my childhood. You know, I'm, I live in uh, Brooklyn, New York, and okay. I am part of, I actually, um, you know, a while back, I guess in the early 2000s, I moved back to Brooklyn. I had lived multiple places around the country, but my family, my family uh, located to this area of Brooklyn when I nice. was five years old, Okay. you know, and so I have, I have all my family around me, which is a really powerful force and, um, and uh, a force that really like supports, you know, supports who I am. And because it's such a, you know, uh, I, I was born in Southern Italy. Oh, and okay. so I come from, I come from a place, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I said, look, I'm just, I'm just a simple peasant girl. Had I been raised in Southern Italy, I probably would have had my flock of uh, goats and sheep. And <laughs> because that's where, that's where my family's from, you know, mm -hmm. like, and it, it's interesting, the journey, like the journey for me, like in the early, in my early life, uh, there was almost some shame around that. Like, oh, I come from this very poor place. And, you know, and I realized, like, as I got older, I realized that it's, it's, it's those core values that, 
are really what make me who I am. And so, you know, I, I was able to, to re-embrace um, being a peasant, being, uh, you know, a, a, a little uh, sheep herder and, and realize the value that, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I do now is really shepherd people from us from these different spaces where we get lost whether whether it's shame whether it's uh disbelief in oneself that i can be okay gina we lost you we lost, we lost the audio um okay you're back you're back you're back, yeah. back. Um, right, so, so quick question so let's let's go back to your, your childhood what made you um what made you embody that sense of shame right that feeling of of you felt like you wasn't at a certain level. Um, what was it? Was it kids in your neighborhood, kids in the, in the community that, that were put you yeah. down? Or was it something that you dealt with with family? Like what was the the catalyst that sparked it, it, this? It was it was a combination of things, you know. So it was the kids who kind of like, you know, it's it's interesting. When I first came to this country, I obviously I didn't speak the language. And then when I started to um when I started to understand. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't aware that I understood. Mm -hmm. So I would listen to some of the things that they were saying, some of the messages like, oh, you know, we don't like her. She always smells funny. Like these really kind of, you know, I'm like, I it's smell be cruel. like it yeah, they're be really cruel. right. Like yeah. I, I wasn't even, I wasn't even aware that I had a smell, you know, I was mm -hmm. five years old for God's sakes, you know? So um, yeah, they can be cruel. And, you know, even as I, uh, you know, grew up over the years, like even in high school, like, you know, people would, I mean, my parents never fully spoke fluent English. I mean, they certainly mm -hmm. understood and, you know, and, and spoke what we called broken English. Right. Um, but, you know, I would, I would see people like whenever, you know, my dad would try to express a thought, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't this, you know, grammatically correct you know, the ideas were there. If you listened, if you listened with the ears of your heart, you would understand yeah. what he was saying, uh, you know, but people would outwardly laugh and make fun. Like, oh, what is, what is this guy like, you know, saying we can't even understand him. Like, you know, they would poke fun. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like it, it, it was those messages. It was, it was those, those messages and that barrage of like negativity around the immigrant way of, you know, of of being right and the language and and all of that so so, so, so doc, dr gina um did all of these uh you know experiences um kids pushing you the folks in the community you know putting um kind of belittling your family was this what drove you to want to be better wanting to focus on academia like talking about that i want to i want to well, understand your journey right you know what it, it probably it probably I mean, certainly when I'm speaking, you probably hear that I'm very deliberate about words. I you know, sometimes pause because I want to find the right word. So it's probably made me self-aware self -aware. Okay. about language. Um, but I'll tell you, I think the thing, I think I, I'm going to come back to my family because um, my dad uh, and, and my dad passed uh, four years ago, uh, but he was such an incredible force. And, you know, he was an introvert. Mm -hmm. man of few words, but he always encouraged me to do, 
You know, I, I, I tell one of the stories when I was 16 years old, was, uh, he was a laborer, so he did a lot of odd jobs anywhere he could get them around the neighborhood, a lot of construction. Um, so when I was 16 years old, he was whitewashing the side of a building on a scaffolding. And, you know, one day one of his workers didn't show up. And, and I said, Dad, I can help you. <laughs> not really, honestly, you know, not knowing what this work was. And he uh -huh. said, okay. He said, okay. He said, okay. <laughs> he, he didn't say, oh, you're a girl. Girls uh -huh. can't do this. He said, okay. He brought the scaffolding back to the ground, brought me up. And there we went, you know, for three to four hours of like painting the side of, of, of the wall. And then we, we came down you know, at the end of it. And he said in Brooklyn, he goes, oh, she worked better than uh, my other guys, you know? <laughs> so it, it's that like empowerment where yeah. somebody says, you know, says to you, yeah, you're, you're, you're good. You're good. And you're, you're great. And you can do anything. Like I never, I never felt that I couldn't try something. Like my dad was always the one he's like, ah, oh, you try. You try, you learn. That's the most important thing, right? Um, and by the way, when I mimic his his accent, I do it, you know, from sheer love and you know affection, um, because he always had that attitude. He always had that attitude. There's no harm in trying. Mm -hmm. You know, if it doesn't work out, do something else. It doesn't matter. And I I think like that's really what shaped me because often we come into a job. And we think that that's the only thing we can do. And we get very tied. We tie our ego. We tie our personality, our success to that thing. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a computer programmer. And suddenly, like, if, if something derails you from that mission, you suddenly feel, feel like you failed, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I failed. This is what I was meant to do. And because I didn't have that baggage of you can only do one thing, if one thing didn't work out, I shifted gears. Like today we call it pivoting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I pivoted and went in a different direction and kept following things that I loved and, you know, was passionate about. That, so. that, that must be a rewarding feeling, a feeling of freedom because you're not tied mm -hmm. down to one thing, right? You're not mm -hmm. beholden to one thing. And mo most people that wish they had that, that same um, mindset, because like, like you just mentioned, once once you've been working in the job, once you've held a position for such a long time, it becomes part of your personality, you know? And this is why like when, when most folks um, retired, they feel empty. Many, many people actually die shortly after retirement. Yeah. And I hate to be like so morose about it. Yeah, but it's this honest um, truth right here, you know? Yeah. Right. Because they lose a sense of purpose. Like there's no what's my sense of purpose when I lo no longer have this job, mm -hmm. you know, for me, like my sense of purpose is always learning and growing and I could never lose that sense of purpose because there'll always be opportunities to do that. Exactly. <laughs> and but this is, but you know, the thing that I want to highlight is this is nothing more than a mindset that you can cultivate. Mm -hmm. You can choose, you can choose how you're going to be, right? You can choose to be in a state of negativity and blame and victimhood, or you can choose to say, it's a great big world. There's lots of opportunities. Where can I find a place where I can have some impact? It, it, it can be like a simple question, yes, you know? Indeed. 
who can I help? Who can I impact? And through that helping and impacting of others, it lifts our own spirits up. So it, it seems like this is what drove you to become a coach. Am I, am I correct? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because there's so many people that I run across um, that, well, you know, being a coach, it's, it's a little bit, you're, you're part pastor, part shepherd, mm-hmm. you know, part confessor, part promoter, like you, you play all these different roles in your clients' lives. Uh, and if you can help them see their life from the perspective of the failure doesn't define you, mm-hmm. this isn't who you are, and help them reconnect to that sense of like, just like I reconnected to my core of, you know, I, I come from a long line of people who work the land and, you know, honored their commitments and followed through and were consistent about keeping their word and being, you know, people of integrity. Once I, I understood that I'm going to operate always from my core values, you know, then I, I can help people, you know, understand and help them reconnect to what those cores are. Mm-hmm. And once people start operating from their values, it's it is a life changer because <laughs> like there's so many, so many people who are just living the life they should be living. And so, you know, I mean, it's not gratifying. It's not gratifying to live someone else's should. Yeah, because you know. there's no foundation, right? There's no strong foundation. You kind of, you're kind of on this slippery slope, wishy-washy kind of, kind of a mm-hmm. trajectory, right? One day you're here, the next day you're here. There's no solid foundation. But once yeah. you, like you mentioned, once you operate from your core value, then you have consistency. You have yep. consistency, you know? 100%. You are, you got it. You got my message. <laughs> so who do, you, who do you coach primarily? What's, who's your client avatar for the most part? Well, I, I work with a lot of corporate executives. Okay. Uh, many of them are at the managing director level and above. Okay. Uh, so a, a great, yeah. A great number of them show up saying things like, I feel like an imposter in my role. Mm. You know, there, there are key words that people about say, that. like, I feel like I'm an imposter. Like I, you know, I, you know, I, I just don't feel competent in what I'm doing. Mm. And, you know, that's always the key word, you know, to me that says, well, you know, let's explore that. You know, when did you start feeling that way? What messages, in, in, uh, you know, supported that sense of, I don't have confidence in myself because, you know, in, in corporate America, it's almost like you are out in the jungle. And if you are showing, you know, I mean, I know we talk about vulnerability a lot now, but there's still a lot of environments where vulnerability is an opportunity for someone else. It's it's almost like the jackals are ready to pounce. It's like a jungle. It is. Exactly. It is the jungle. <laughs> it is the jungle. And, and so we have to be really real with ourselves. So, you know, I, I help people to really connect with their authentic confidence. And sometimes that means they can no longer work in places like that. Sometimes it means that they can work in places like that and that they have to really dig deeper to get back to their core set of values and to, you know, then operate from that space. 
but it's always life changing in some respect. You know, yeah. once we start having this conversation and exploring where these thoughts and ideas came from, it, it's never the same. You can't go back to living a life of should mm -hmm. when you start to connect to your values and a deeper inner purpose. Yeah, it seems like like you, you dive a bit deeper than most coaches, right? You kind of psychoanalyze and you peel back the layers, right? Um, and yeah. sometimes it's a difficult journey because like a lot of folks tend to hide that, that style of themselves, um, really hide it, right? They kind of um, yeah. lock it up, toss the key away, and just continue to live as if the past never occurred, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a psychologist. I am trained as a doctor of acupuncture and oriental medicine. So I do have a lot of training in helping people um, you know, move past obstacles because in mm -hmm. Chinese medicine, everything is about transforming the obstacles and the blocks. Yeah. Um, so I feel, I feel qualified to have the conversation at the level of there's this blockage here. Mm -hmm. You can't, you really can't create your future until you are at peace with the past, you know, so I spent a, a little bit of time going into the past because if someone has locked away shame, they're never going to be able to be confident because subconsciously yeah. that that shame voice is always going to be dragging them down. So, you know, my work is slightly different than most coaches only because I don't pretend that there isn't a past to deal with, you know. And that's good. I mean, that's, that's, that's your, that's your value add right there, right? That's what separates you from everyone else. You know, this is Dr. Gina Lepore method. You know, you dive deep, you, yeah. um, you help also provide them the, the framework to get to the next step, you know, and that's what's necessary. You have to approach the root cause, right? You have to approach the root cause. It seems that's what you're doing. So kudos to you. So, um, you know, um, when it comes to, when it comes to the type of coaching style that you follow, I know you're, you already mentioned it. You have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but how would you summarize it in one sentence? When somebody were, were to ask um, Dr. Gina, what's your coaching style? Well, I talk a lot about first principles and first principles is a philosophy that comes from the early philosophers, Aristotle and Socrates, okay. which means you first have to break the situation into its its most fundamental building block and then you have to you know pick the building blocks that are going to form the core of your whether it's your career or your mm -hmm. life going forward um, but it really comes back to this 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 uh, fundamental basic building blocks you know in order to you know like you have to go back to where it started and and the start isn't always in childhood you know um i uh i worked with well, i work with quite a few people who say well it was it was uh my in my last job i got so much feedback that i got overwhelmed by it and i didn't know what was true anymore so i started mm. trying i started trying to please everybody mm. you know and so you know but you got to figure out what that point was where someone starts thinking differently about themselves and then break down, well, what is it within ourselves that allowed us to believe what we were hearing, hmm. right? So you have to get to that fundamental building block 
and then you know build the person back up one piece at a time until they question what's true you know and i always say like ask yourself the question what's true about this feedback if nothing's true then throw it away like stop trying to please everybody because we all know if you're trying to please everybody, you're pleasing nobody and you're miserable. <laughs> yes, indeed. You are miserable if you're trying to please everybody. Um, and, and sometimes you wind up being a doormat, right? Yeah. Like you just become like everyone's doormat and you wind up, you know, taking all the blame. And ultimately, nobody wants a doormat in their life. So, you you, you know, most people get uh, sheltered, you know, uh, ushered out of an organization. Uh, because of that, you know, and then they're like, wait a minute, I did all these things. I, you know, I'm like, yeah, you were just a doormat. So let's tell ourselves the truth, what's true. And now let's figure out how we let that happen. How did that happen? What belief did I have fundamentally about myself that allowed me to be in that space? And this is why it's so important for people to do the inner work, right? They have, you Absolutely. have to do the work, you know, and Absolutely. through me with, with my journey, it took me doing the inner work to figure out my value hierarchy, right? And that's God, peace of mind, and then family, right? And the mm -hmm. peace of mind aspect prevents me from being a doormat, <laughs> right? And right. the peace of mind part is the second within my value hierarchy because I understand the importance of investing myself. Once I invest in myself, then I can be the best brother, the best son, the best CEO, you know? I can be the best in all aspects of my life. But most people don't think about that. They don't think about themselves. You know, they think mm -hmm. about, oh, I'm going to help this person, help this person, help that person. And by the time you get home, you deplete it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I, I talk about a very similar concept and I talk about it in terms of being intentional. Mm -hmm. You have to be intentional with your uh, you know, when I, uh, I, I help my clients, even, even before a meeting, I, I say to them, look, take five minutes before you walk into that meeting and think about what your intention is going in. Yeah, I, Because I like if you have an intention, like, like if your intention is to get to uh, a place of collaboration and goodwill with a colleague, you're not going to let it degrade to a fight or some, you know, skirmish, which mm -hmm. happens a lot, you know. But if you start the conversation with the tone of, okay, I'm clear about my intention, I'm going to hold that intention so that no matter what happens in this conversation, you know, we're going to stay there. And, you know, people, like people wind up having much better relationships with their colleagues just by being intentional. Like I intend yeah. to be, you know, a, a great partner, a great sister, a great friend, a great colleague, a great collaborator. If, if those are your intentions, you, you can't start fight, fighting over the ego stuff fight over. You're absolutely right. And even the worst, even the worst we tend to use once we're intentional, it changes. Instead of saying I, 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 now it's we, mm -hmm. right? Now you tend to use we more often. 100%. Yeah. So if one, if someone were looking for a coach, what traits would you advise for them to look for? Now, I want you to put in the shoe of, of, of a prospect. Imagine you're looking for a coach. What would you advise? Well, the first thing is that find someone that you connect with, mm -hmm. that, that you feel can help you make the kind of transformations you want to make. You have to have uh, trust. Trust is you know, it's, I mean, of course, there are 
signs of trust, right? Like, you know, a, a person has credentials, they have a track record and experience, but there's, a, there's another element of trust, which you get from having a conversation. You know, are they listening to you or are they just promoting their own agenda? You know, do they do they hear what's happening for you and the kind of aspirations that you have going forward? Um, you know, I, I, I think trust, listening uh, and, you know, working in partnership with you, uh, because in coaching, you know, people change for their reasons, not for mine. And if we can find what their reasons are for wanting a change, then we've got a great story. You know, my clients never change because I tell them, you know, they should. And if they and if they are, then they're the wrong club, the wrong coach. <laughs> um, but it's it's really like find someone that you trust, find someone who's who is really listening and wants to co-create with you rather than, you know, just tell you what to do. So in the, I guess, in the, the, the prospecting, the, the goal first is to listen, right? Listen to hear, understand, and try to figure out if this person is intentional because it's hard, it's hard to build trust within the first few minutes. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's all honesty right there. So as, a, as you mentioned, building trust. So, so do you mind breaking it down in terms of the practical steps, um, I'm a new person. I'm I'm just I'm going back and forth trying to connect with the right coach. What what should I be listening for? What should I what should be my intention? Well, that person ought to be able to articulate back to you what your goals and aspirations are. Mm -hmm. When you hear what they articulate to you, does it sound like what you want or does it sound like a, a distorted vision? You know, like is there daylight? Um, are you nodding your head saying, yeah, that's exactly right. Or, you know, do you find yourself saying, no, that's not quite right. Or, um, mm. that isn't, that isn't what I'm saying. Like, okay. you know, or, or if in your mind you're thinking like, oh, this person seems to know what they're doing, but, uh, you know, it feels like it's their agenda, not mine. Mm. You know, like, I, I think the, one of the first questions to ask is, I, I love your question. How may I serve you? How may I serve you? Because I'm not here to, uh, to turn you into an army of mini Gina's, right? I want you, but I want you to experience that same sense of freedom mm -hmm. that comes from you letting go of what you're willing to let go of. Hmm. I love that. It, 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 can be, it can be a process. I mean, I know that um, I have this one client who's actually been with me now for many years and his transformation, I, I know he says like, you know, I, I owe you so much. I'm like, no, you did the work. You did the work. And he went from a place of, you know, anxiety, depression to now like living. I don't even recognize him anymore. The life that he's living, the success that he's having both personally and more, per, you know, more personally than professionally, because he was always good at, but like the, 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 all like, all around life just by staying being willing to stay in the conversation and to do his own work mm, i love that it sounds, like, it sounds like metamorphosis like like his whole life change unbelievable <laughs> when i mean unbelievable you know and i i really i take very little credit uh 
because I, you know, like really this person dug deep, asked really hard questions, went back mm -hmm. and unearthed beliefs and, you know, from living in a place of like anxiety and fear to mm -hmm. optimism and opportunity and great relationships. That's what's, amazing. What's better than that? Right? <laughs> That's amazing. So, so yeah. um, are you currently working on any new projects at the moment? Are you writing any new books, any new programs? I, Talk to us. <laughs> what do you, you have? Know, what do you I got have, going? I have, I have to tell you, I'm actually, I've just gotten involved with an organization called okay. Profa Profound. Um, it's a coaching network. Um, I, I always have multiple projects in the fire, but this is a brand new <laughs> one. And I'm, and I'm excited about it because this is an organization that will help coach differently abled people in society. Mm, um, okay. It's it's really phenomenal working with people on the spectrum, working with people with physical disabilities, um, you know, neurodiverse patients. And it's such early days, but it's just such an amazing opportunity to help and serve a population of, I mean, you know, truth be told, I've, I've always had a little bit of ADHD um, and some OCD. Like I have, you know, I have this thing where if I, if I click my nails, I have to go around and click every nail, you know, uh, okay. I have, I, I do these like little things, you know, um, and uh you know, so coming from like this, you know, population of where people are saying like, why, why are you, why are you always so fidgety? Don't be fit. I'm like, oh, but you don't understand if I don't count five times on the other side, you know, something might happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, so I'm, I'm really loving uh, working and get, you know, you know, really helping this organization to kind of get started. Um, you know, we're in the planning phases and, um, you know, we're, we're, ultimately we'll launch a platform of coaches that are highly specialized in differently abled populations um, and, uh, you know, working toward like that common goal to, you know, really promote, um, you know, promote true diversity in the workplace. That's, that's amazing right there. That, that's, yeah. that's, that's truly amazing. So you, you actually, you're, you're stepping out and you're doing, you're doing your part to contribute you know, yep. towards a cause that's close to your heart. That's, that's beautiful. That's, that's what we're here for, man. If anyone, if anyone thinks that we're just here for like the accumulation of property and dollars or something else, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, I, I had that idea <laughs> early in my life and now like, I'm like, I, you know, really it's in the helping of others that, you know, you really prosper, uh, you prosper and grow. It's, it's, it's a, it's a different kind of wealth, you know, it's a, exactly. it's a spiritual, spiritual wealth. wealth. There and, you go. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. You know, when you, when you give you, when you give you, you receive, right. It's that reciprocity, lower reciprocity right there. And it's not something that's tangible, yeah. you know, it's something that you feel it's just like when you give somebody something and, and, and they start to smile and they're grateful yeah. that overwhelming feeling of love and, and gratitude you, you, you can't you can't put a price on that no it's truly it's truly <laughs> priceless truly priceless you know and so yes indeed so if someone were to inquire about your services or just want to connect with you because dr jenna laporte you are amazing where can they find you well, um, I, I have a presence on LinkedIn. Uh, people can reach me by email. Uh, I'm uh, Gina, G-I-N-A, at mockfutures.com. 
um, it's M-A-C-H, the, num the number four, ventures.com. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to connect with people. And, you know, oftentimes, like, I, you know, I'm, if I'm not the right resource, I'm happy to refer them. I have a huge connection of such talented people and, you know. Awesome. Okay. So everyone that's listening, reach out to Dr. Lepore, right? Reach out to her. She's amazing. So I would like to thank you for coming on this episode of the How May I Serve You podcast. And I also like to thank our visitors, our our listeners as well, for letting us the ears and the eyeballs. But last but not least, how may I serve you, Dr. Gina Lepore? Well, first of all, Thank you so much for having me on here. I love talking about the work that I do. Um, you know, my mission in life is to help as many people as I can along the way. And it's been such a gift for me to have this conversation with you, um, you know, and, you know, I feel like I've gotten so much out of this. Uh, but I hope that in the future we can maybe collaborate and work on some, you know, other projects together. I'd love for you to hear more about this um, profound network that I'm a part of. And, um, you know, let's let's keep our options open and see what the future brings us. But I, I very much enjoyed my time with you because I feel like we're on a very similar path. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And we, we're both in New York City, right? So there's, there should be no mm -hmm. reason why we shouldn't connect, even grab something to drink. I don't drink coffee and I don't drink alcohol, but we, we can still have some smoothies. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink alcohol either. I would love to have a, a smoothie and uh, I, I look forward to it. All right, let's do it. Let's make it happen. So okay, this Thomas. is your, this is your, um, once again, this is your host, Thomas Johnson. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share it with somebody else that will benefit and make sure to tune in for next week's episode. Take care, be blessed and cheers. We're out. Thank you.